Welcome to the spirit world, answering your questions on angels, demons, and how the spiritual and physical worlds interact. And now your hosts, Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. Well, hello there, and welcome to the spirit world. We're so glad you tuned in. I am Debbie Giorgiani with co-host religious demonologist Adam Bly, and hopefully you, because we are live today receiving your calls. We're all, the whole show team is in place, so we do expect your calls today on the spirit world. But Adam, we always begin with the St. Michael prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Adam. And uh, today we are talking about Our Lady of Mount Carmel. Why? Because tomorrow is the feast day of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. And in honor of that, we are going to go all the way back to Elijah. That's right. And Adam's going to get us started in just a moment. But I'm going to give you the phone number because we're going to do a little teaching at the beginning of this uh, show. Uh, it's about an hour long, and it's a very quick hour we get to spend with one another. So we have to uh, move quickly. And like I said, the show team is in place. We've got Carol answering phones today. She's doing a fine job. We've got our producer, uh, Taylor Van Est. He is at the controls and he's hopefully making us sound good, uh, reaching you in your cars and in your homes and on your phones. And we've got senior producer, Tim Mott, is, is in place supervising everything. So that is wonderful. Now we expect you. So here's the number. Start dialing because you'll speak to Carol. She'll chat with you a few minutes. She'll put John hold you get to listen live and then after Adam and I are done with the um, absolutely amazing story of Our Lady of Mount Carmel you we will answer your calls at 877-757-9424 that's the number 877-757-9424 but before Adam begins um I just wanted to, to share this with our listeners from last week's show on, on St. Michael and uh, St. Michael's Cave in Gargano, Italy. So many of you reached out to us wanting to know how you can obtain the uh, St. Michael uh, stones. Well, one of one of our wonderful listeners to uh, Guadalupe Radio Network uh, stepped up and reached out to us and uh, is uh, making the stones available for us. So if you are interested in getting uh, some of those uh, stones, please email us at tsw at grnonline.com. Now, some of you ha have already emailed us. I'm going to put a group email together after the show. I will respond with uh, Bobby's um, website and email that you can get some of those uh, stones. Adam, real quickly, uh, just refresh our listeners, those that maybe missed last week's uh, show. Um, you, those stones are used actually in exorcisms, correct? Yes, they come from a cave in Gargano, Italy, that St. Michael consecrated to make it a church and then promised that the stones from the cave would heal people of a plague that was going on at the time, but also deliver them from evil spirits. And so they've gone around the world and been used as a sacramental by many people. 
Yep. And it was a very popular show. We had a lot of interest and a, and a lot of you went to Facebook at the Spirit World podcast and you, you messaged us there, um, which was great. And so I'm going to put it all together after the show. So again, if you want a stone, um, uh, please uh, get in touch with us. And Facebook is a great way because we can build the family there. And that's a wonderful way. And also Taylor posts uh, the show there and other comments and resources. So that's very, very important. Um, Again, the number for today's show is 877-757-9424. And we, we do expect all of the EWTN Global Radio Catholic Network to please, Catholic Radio Network, to please call in. Call us, please. We'd love to hear your voice from all around the world. Adam, so let's begin, because I love this feast, Our Lady of Mount Carmel. I do too, Deb, and I also love any chance to to think about and and, uh, talk about Elijah. So really, the story is going to start in Israel, in the Jezreel Valley. This is a really fertile valley, uh, kind of in the heart of Israel. And it is guarded on its left, on its west, by a mountain range called Mount Carmel. And to the west of that is a little land and then the ocean. And this very fertile area was kind of like the breadbasket of the country. It was very desirable for people. And so a lot of wars have been fought over it over time. This valley uh, is what we mean when we say Armageddon. When we hear the word Armageddon, and we've all heard it, it's actually referring to Har Magdan, which is basically the hill of Megiddo, which is what describes the city that guards the one really usable entrance into this valley from the west. And so uh, from the Egyptians in the 15th century attacking the Canaanites, there's been wars fought here. And that's partly why the Bible stages revelations and Armageddon, the final conflict in that place. Okay, so let's go back to Elijah in 900 BC. Remember Elijah at the time, he's one of the last prophets of the of the one true God that's trying to guard, guard and guide the people of Israel at the time. And he has a big conflict with the 450 priests of Baal. They were the priests of the Canaanite gods. And by the way, Baal just means Lord and Canaanite. So it's, it isn't actually a proper name. So there was a bunch of these uh, Canaanite priests and Elijah has that conflict with them and he encourages them to, to have their gods take this offering. And of course, nothing happens. And then Elijah asks the true God to and fire comes down from heaven and consumes the offering and everything else. OK, so this is a big sign to the people and that converts a lot of people at the time. Now, this is such a famous story, and Elijah is such a famous prophet, probably uh, to a large extent because of this very public display, that monks and hermits start living on Mount Carmel in that location where this very famous victory happened, and they start honoring Elijah and this story. Now, within that, there's a beautiful presage of Mary, and that is at the time he had this conflict, there was also a terrible uh, drought going on. And it was so bad that people were dying, livestock was dying, the crops were failing. And after this conflict where somebody stood up for God and really faithfully spoke for God and God responded, the rains came. And when they came, they started as a little cloud on the horizon. And the early church scholars and then consistently through the history of the church have identified that cloud as a symbol of Mary. Because Mary, in a sense, comes and she brings the living water of Jesus into the world. 
Okay, so it's through her fiat and her yes that she brings Jesus into the world. So for 900 years then, because remember, that's 900 BC, there's a lot of devotion going on at Mount Carmel, kind of informal hermits, uh, think of them as monks, different religious people are making pilgrimages there. Now, just a, a little t side thing. Elisha, his disciple, is given Elijah's robe, his, his brown, probably brown robe, when Elijah is assumed into heaven. Elijah doesn't die. He gets assumed into heaven and then he comes back at Revelations. Okay, that's just a clue about the importance of clothing. So then we move forward to the time of Jesus and Mary and the story of, of the salvation there, and then they're both assumed into heaven. Now, after that, there's even more devotion on Mount Carmel. There's a monastery established there. But then, as the Muslims come into the area, the Carmelites are driven off of the mountain for a period of time. When that happens, they basically flee into Europe. And this is what planted the seeds of the Carmelite order throughout the church. And this is where we get people like St. Teresa of Avila, St. John of the Cross. We get Therese of Lisieux coming out of the Carmelites who were driven away from the mountain and then populated Europe with monasteries and convents. So that, that was by providence God was spreading that devotion. Now, in 1245, the Carmelites are in trouble. There's a whole lot of religious orders in the church. In fact, the church says there's probably too many different religious orders going on at the same time, and they were looking to suppress some of them so it would be a healthier number as opposed to too many uh, in the world. And the Carmelites were one of the ones they were considering suppressing or shutting down. Now, St. Simon Stock, he is the leader at the time. He prays fervently to Mary, and he's in charge of the monastery there on Mount Carmel. He's praying to Mary and asking for help to preserve the Carmelite order. He has a vision, and she says, yes, I'm going to help you. And furthermore, she hands him uh, the piece of clothing which is draped on the front and the back of the Carmelite. It's kind of part of their monastic garb. She hands him that piece of clothing and she says, anybody that dies wearing this will be spared damnation. She doesn't say they'll get out of purgatory, but that they won't be damned. And so there's this beautiful gift as a symbol and a promise that came with that. Okay, so over time then, uh, the church kind of works with that idea. And there was a tradition that happened pretty quickly where the Carmelites would snip off a little piece of the brown fabric from their, from their monastic robe and give it to the people because they understood that the full actual scapular, which was a large piece of clothing, could carry that blessing to the lay people that were not hermits and nuns. And so that's where this idea of the little piece of brown cloth comes from for us today. Okay, and then the church kind of generalized these blessings and these promises over time through different papal actions that we'll explore uh, in a couple minutes. This is fascinating, and we're getting comments already, Adam, that you are you are a beautiful teacher. That's what they're saying with the comments that are coming in, and, and we agree. Adam's uh, delivery is excellent, so thank you, Adam. We're looking forward to more of Our Lady of Mount Carmel when we come back on the other side of this break. We do expect your phone call, please, 877-757-9424. Where are all the Carmelites? Come on, start calling in, 877 757-9424. We'll be right back on The Spirit World.
Are you feeling lost in a sea of overwhelm? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. Many people find themselves challenged with overwhelm. Too many things to take care of, too many people to please, too much work to do. And in spite of their best efforts, they continue to fall behind with this overwhelm coming in like a flood. But that's not the abundant life that Jesus wants you to live. That's why Stand Tall Today has experienced professional coaches that will assist you in dialing down that overwhelm. They'll help you get a grasp on where you are and to create a plan that enables you to take bite-sized steps of action so you can live an abundant life. Why not take your first step right now? Go to StandTallToday.com and find a coach that is just right for you. Because life is simply too short to stay lost in a sea of overwhelm. This is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. A while back, I had a nice little chat with some Jehovah Witness ladies, and they tried to justify their claim to be Christian by saying the early Christians didn't believe Jesus was God. Is this true? Well, of course not. Let me share a few examples. Take John 1.1, where John describes Jesus as the Word and writes the Word was God. Now, in order to get around this, the JWs translate the phrase as the Word was a God. But this is based on a misunderstanding of Greek grammar. Consider also Colossians 2.9, where St. Paul writes, For in him, that is Jesus, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. In 1 Corinthians 8.6, Paul describes Jesus as the one through whom we exist. Isn't God the one ultimately responsible for the existence of things? So, contrary to what the JWs think, to be Christian, you must believe Jesus is God. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, catholic.com. The Spirit World continues with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. If you have a question for the show, call 877-757-9424 or email tsw at grnonline.com. Yes, please do uh, call in right now so we can get the calls ready to go to be on air with us at 877-757-9424. That's the number to call. Again, you can like us on Facebook at The Spirit World Podcast, or you can email us at tsw at grnonline.com. We are heard on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network, so we do expect the phone lines to be full today, and that's exciting talking about Our Lady of Mount Carmel. So, Adam, please, can continue. Okay, so we had left off. Um, here we are now in the age of the church. The church is using these blessings, is kind of normalizing them. Uh, we're going to talk in a minute about the Sabbatine privilege. But let's talk about what the church says you need to do in order to wear the brown scapular and enjoy these promises. You need to be enrolled in the brown scapular, and that can be done by a priest or a deacon, and there's a particular prayer. Uh, the actual, within the Carmelite order, the brown scapular doesn't demand any particular prayers or actions, but in some versions of the rules, the Sabbatine privilege, and maybe Deb, I know you know a lot about that, you could help us with that. The Sabbatine privilege does have some requirements, and those are chastity according to your state of life, saying what's called 
Mary's little divine office. It's kind of like a divine office for lay people that's not as extensive as a priest's daily prayers, and then abstaining from meat on certain days. Now, also, if you have permission from a priest, you can replace all that by five decades of the rosary per day. So essentially saying a rosary a day and wearing, wearing the brown scapular, if you wanted to boil it down to that. Okay. Now, then we move ahead a little bit and we get some beautiful kind of ways that God is tying all this together. We know that Mary appeared at Fatima in approved apparitions and delivered a number of messages. And on the final one, the sun danced in the sky in front of, you know, somewhere around 70,000 people, was written up in newspapers. You know, it was uh, seen far and wide, even people that didn't know it was supposed to be happening that were miles away. All of that happened. But most people forget that in the final appearance of Mary at Fatima, she appeared as Our Lady of Mount Carmel, wearing the brown scapular, the brown clothing. Mm -hmm. She also appeared at, at her final appearance at Lourdes as Our Lady of Mount Carmel. So there's kind of a nod towards the Carmelite order. There's a nod towards the story that starts with Elijah in 900 BC and goes forward to Revelations and the, and the final battle. Okay, so then we look forward now in the book of Revelations to the final conflict between good and evil when Jesus returns. Where does it happen? It happens in the same place. It happens in that valley or on Mount Carmel is where the final battle is fought is in the valley. Mount Carmel will be standing over it and observing that final battle. So remember, it's Har Magdan. It's a description of the hill of Megiddo, the city there that guards the pass into the Fertile Valley, which is the Jezreel Valley. And that's where the final battle, which we, you know, we call Armageddon in popular culture, uh, is going to happen. Okay, so this is kind of that beautiful journey that we see. If we want to go deeper, Deb, and I know we're, we're probably going to have to start taking calls soon, and I want I want to hear from you about the 17 privilege. Sure. But I want to get in a few things for people to do, because you and I agree. We talked about this. This is not a get-out-of-jail-free card. This is not a magical talisman that I won't go to hell and I get out of purgatory on the first Saturday after I die just because I do this thing. Mm -hmm. That's treating God like a Pez dispenser, where if I push this button... I get what I want. That's not the way God works. They are promises, but we have to be in a, a proper disposition to God. We have to be living the Christian life. That means staying in the state of grace. You know, God willing, we get anointed before we die, all of that. But if we want to get a little deeper, Deb, Mary's pointing to the Carmelites by wearing the Carmelite clothing. She's pointing to them time and time again through her visitations, through the approved apparitions. So if we want to go then learn from the Carmelites, what has Mary inspired within their order? There's a few places we can go. These are easy to find. First, the easiest one, the entry point, I think, because it's very easy for us to digest, mm -hmm. is St. Therese of Lisieux, her book, The Story of a Soul or story of a soul. It's basically an autobiography, and that's where she talks about her little way, essentially a very humble and simple approach to the Christian life. If you want to learn Carmelites, that's the place to start, I think, because it's very simple and digestible. If you want to go a little deeper, go to St. Teresa of Avila. Specifically, The Interior Castle is a great book, and it talks about the seven levels of prayer, the seven levels of kind of approaching God in, internally. If you want to go deeper than that, in a sense, we could go to St. John of the Cross. There's a wonderful collected works of St. John of the Cross. came out in 1991. It's a New English translation. And within that, he talks about 
and we've talked about this before on the show, the purgative way, the illuminative way, and the unitive way. And that essentially is stop doing bad, start doing good, mm -hmm. and then eventually have union with God even in this life, a tiny foretaste of heaven. So St. John of the Cross explores that, but it gets very deep and, and more mystical. And if you want to get the really thorough, complete Carmelite picture, you want to go find a book called The Carmelite Directory of the Spiritual Life. It's a big book. It's over 600 pages, and it basically sums up all of the Carmelite work on the spiritual life over the centuries. And really within the whole church, it is, it's the source of most of the church's approach to mysticism, mystical spirituality, and all of that. So those are kind of the four levels. But what do you think, Deb? Oh, I couldn't agree more. I absolutely um, love Saint, uh, the autobiography, St. Therese of Lisieux, uh, The Story of a Soul. Excellent. Um, great. I, when you said entry point, I couldn't agree more. That is excellent. Interior Castle, uh, St. Teresa of Avila. A fantastic. Now, I will tell you, um, and, I, and I'm glad you said it, about how deep St. John of the Cross is, because it is... <laughs> And you, you use the word mystical. Uh, yes, mystical and deep and, and very, very, you know, um, you have to really put your mind to it. <laughs> okay, mm -hmm. so but I don't I don't want to discourage folks from going there. But I would say that I wouldn't start there. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, because, you know, and he tells us in his writings, he's trying to put to words things that can't be expressed with exactly. language. Mm -hmm. And so he uses poetry sometimes and uses uh, allegory, analogies, metaphors, um, because he's trying to capture something you just can't put into words. And that's right. why it's good to start with, with the simpler books, I think. Uh, oh, and then and simpler, but they're amazing. They're very oh, yeah. rich. Oh, yeah, they, they're incredible. And they're and they're translated like in every language. I mean, it's 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 amazing. Okay, so um, let me uh, just ask this question of our spirit world uh, listeners. If you wear the brown scapular, if you are devoted um, to the to uh, the messages and the promises and the requirements, right? And you you um, um, are very are very committed to that. Um, could you call in and tell us your experience um, if you've passed it on to other family members and friends? Um, do you have a, a rich understanding of the scapular? Do you wear? Do you um, do you like to uh, belong to other devotions, other other um, scapulars with other promises and and requirements? Um, are you concerned about certain things that that like what what Adam was saying? You know, do you think it's it can borderline a little bit too much being superstitious, like, okay, if I wear this, I better have this on. I better never take it off. I mean, if God forbid anything happens to me. So we, we would like to hear from you. Um, the Carmelites, if you're listening right now, third order Carmelites, all, you know, anybody that really is drawn to the Carmelite uh, order, please uh, call us and let us know uh, what you have learned, the charisms um, that, uh, that you can put forth um, with understanding this great um, story, because Adam took it all the way back to Elijah, brought it all the way through. And I think it's very important. I, I loved his connection that he made with Fatima and Lourdes with Our Lady appearing um, in the brown. Um, that is amazing. What does that tell us? You know, Adam, I loved how you said that. That is really is, she really was, I believe, pointing us uh, to that devotion, right? So, and you mentioned the Sabatine privilege, um, um, Adam, let me just go back to that because when somebody passes, we hear this quite often, 
in ministry, when somebody passes, they'll say, you know, they were wearing the brown scapular. So that means that they're, you know, if they had to go to purgatory, they're going to be let out of purgatory on the first Saturday of their death. Well, you know, that, that is the, um, the understanding of this devotion, right? Um, but it does come with the, the adherence to the requirements and the belief and the disposition, the mindset, the intention. Okay. So all those things play into if I, I personally believe in religious education anyway, this is what we, we share with people who are, who are coming into the faith, you know, um, you really want to take it, take it on and take it on seriously and understand it and make it a, a, a way of life. Okay. Because you just don't want to assume that just because you're wearing that wool, uh, piece of, of scapular, um, that that's going to be your, your ticket, your entrance into, into the beatific vision. So Adam, uh, questions and uh, comments about that, because the Sabatine privilege does feel good. It's very comforting. I love that. I am a Brown, um, scapular devotee. So I, I love that. But it, it it does require us to do the necessary work, um, you know, to, to try and attain holiness here. And and you brought up about observing chastity um, uh, according to one's state in life, the the daily recitation of the the little office of the Blessed Virgin Mary, or to abstain from meat on Wednesdays and Saturdays, or with permission from a priest to say the five decades of the Rosary. So there are, there are requirements. Uh, and there's little nuances that are a little different in each in kind of each order if you follow but i would i would what i would say t- to this and i'm kind of going around and around and around with this but folks uh, if you're going to take on a, a devotion like this take it on seriously and take it on 100% that's what i would recommend what do you say adam yeah you know as we've explored different uh, kind of privileged items or promises that have been made from heaven. Something I've seen consistently, and tell me if you agree, Deb, the church kind of has a, a baseline presumption that you're going to be in the state of grace, you're baptized, mm-hmm. you're going to confession, um, you're basically doing your part in living the Christian life, you're going to Mass on Holy Days of Obligation in addition to Sunday. All of these are kind of presumed, they're often spelled out as, you know, don't expect this special grace and favor just because you do the added thing. It's the foundation first, then you add the brown add. scapular. Exactly. Right? Yep. So we, yep. we, we don't want to forget that, that the, mm-hmm. the basic Christian life really is, um, that's that's the foundation and the sacraments are the foundation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I never would want to discourage anyone from, from uh, getting a, a scapular or being drawn to a scapular and then being invested in it and enrolled. I would never want to discourage anyone from doing it. What I would say is if you're going to enter in, just just really uh, go 100%. Go all in, okay? Because it's very, very important, I think, with God, because we serve a God that's all in. He wants us to be all in. So you hear the music. We do have uh, phone calls coming in. Thanks, you guys. You're coming in from all over uh, the country. Actually, we've got a call coming in from Canada. This is exciting. So please join them at 877 877- Seven five seven nine four two four. This is your show, The Spirit World. We'll be right back.
Have you heard about life coaching? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. Coaching is one of the things Jesus did with his disciples. Whenever they were stuck, overwhelmed, or even struggling a bit, Jesus asked questions that brought clarity and hope. He then used ongoing conversations that helped them to navigate the path and completely change their lives. Just like the disciples, we too can find ourselves feeling stuck, overwhelmed, and struggling a bit. Maybe you need help in your marriage or with a parenting issue, you're navigating a loss, you want to improve your health, or advance your career. At StandTallToday.com, our experienced coaches will help you to take another look at life, renew your hope, get past those challenges, and step into living abundantly. You can find out more about coaching and schedule a free introductory call by visiting us at StandTallToday.com. Listen, life is too short to stay stuck. Contact us at StandTallToday.com. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. If you're looking for a gift to give your spouse that's not fattening or expensive, listen in. This is one of the most precious things you have, but you can give it to them every day. Do you know what it is? Your time. Do you have time every day where you and your spouse check in and connect together? If you don't, start brainstorming right now about when you can fit it in. Maybe when you both arrive home, you can take a few minutes to step in private just to ask how our day was. Maybe it's getting a few minutes earlier in the morning to make coffee together. It doesn't need to be long, but it does need to happen every day. If you and your spouse are ships passing in the night during a busy season of life, take at least five minutes alone to hug, talk, check in, and connect. A successful marriage is made up of little things like this. Commit to having a daily connection with your spouse. It may turn out to be the most important gift you've ever given. To find out more about connecting with your spouse, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. The Spirit World continues with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. If you have a question for the show, call 877-757-9424 or email tsw at grnonline.com. Okay, we're getting a lot of messages uh, coming in very quickly uh, about the St. Michael's stones from last week. Um, I will send an email after the show is, is uh, after we're done with the show today, I will send a group email and also I'll post it on Facebook at the Spirit World Podcast. Um, also, you want the phone number again, although we've said it multiple times, 877-757-9424 is the number to call uh, for this this episode of the Spirit World. We, all, we are talking about Our Lady of Mount Carmel because tomorrow is the feast day. Uh, today actually is my on uh, aunt's birthday. She's in her mid-90s. She is a Dominican sister. Her name is Sister Carmel Lavolsi. And so um, if my aunt is listening, happy birthday. What a beautiful day to be born. Um, she is. She's the one who taught me all about guardian angels. So you can thank her someday. So that's wonderful. Um, so Adam, great teaching on this, taking it all the way back from Elijah all the way to Revelation. Way to go. Uh, that I, uh, We're getting a lot of comments coming in saying that our spirit world listeners loved what you had to share. And um, we talked about some of the requirements 
and uh, about the devotion itself. Uh, also, we will provide the resources. Um, again, uh, St. Therese of Lisieux, St. Teresa of Avila, St. John of the Cross, um, and also about the Carmelites, uh, the books there. We will provide that. Taylor is going to give me a thumbs up. He's our producer. He's going to post it. Yep, he's going to post it on Facebook for you guys, so you don't need to write it down. Okay, Adam. Whew, that was almost everything. I got more housekeeping to do in a little bit, but I say we get to the phones. What about you? Sounds good. Okay, let's go to Ju- uh, Julia is up first in uh, Fisher, Indiana, listening on the EWTN app. Hello, Julia. Welcome to the spirit world. Thank you. I had a question. I have an adult daughter who, after having a frightening dream about Satan, went, she ordered online a miraculous metal, but it was it's made of metal. And she's never had it blessed, but she wears it every day. So my question is, is that valid? Well, the miraculous metal is is a different devotion than the brown scapular. Uh, but that's fine. There are wonderful promises and graces that come with the miraculous metal also. Remember with sacramentals, um, yes, ideally, get it blessed by a priest. Uh, because, you know, it's not lawful in the church to sell blessed objects, so the metal should arrive and need to be blessed by a priest. Ideally do that. There is certainly a benefit to de- devoutly wearing a religious symbol because that brings that to mind. It, it draws us to prayer, that type of thing. But yeah, sure, get it blessed also. This touches on something I wanted to mention uh, at some point. There is a metal uh, that the church allows that is basically a metal that can be worn like on a chain, a, a physical piece of metal that can be worn in place of the scapulars because there are, I think, more than 15 approved scapulars in the church. And so instead of people wearing multiple scapulars that they're enrolled in, the church does allow a metal to be worn. So I wanted listeners to be clear, you're talking about the miraculous metal, not the scapular metal, which some people have. Now you have to be invested in where the regular scapular first, and then you can switch over to that. So that's a long way to say, uh, ideally get it blessed and then, you know, do the pious act of going and looking into the miraculous metal and the history of that and the promises that come with it. Uh, Julia, real quickly, before you respond, uh, I wanted to ask you a question. So your daughter had these, um, I believe you said it was uh, dreams or something of that nature. Has everything ceased? Has everything since the miraculous metal? She's never had had another dream like that before. Mm -hmm. I mean, since that time, the first time that she had it. So I'm assuming not. Never said anything about it. Right, right. Well, and and I think so that that does also is an indication, wouldn't you say, Adam, that, you know, since things calmed down and got, you know, peaceful, obviously with her, um, you know, reaching out, you know, having the intention to connect with the Blessed Mother in the in the with the miraculous medal, her wearing that uh, very, very, I think is a a wonderful step that she took uh, towards the Blessed Mother. And so you just have to imagine that all of heaven is beaming with that because, you know, she's she's relying on on um, uh, our spiritual mother and that is wonderful I would I, I agree with Adam I would just encourage her to get it blessed and then encourage her to go deeper with the Blessed Mother because she's obviously was drawn to the Blessed Mother yes okay thank you so much and I love your show oh well, thank, thank you, you Julia. Julia well we love you thank you so much 
God bless you. Have a beautiful weekend. Okay, Adam, we're going to move next to Mary. And Mary is in uh, Buffalo, New York on uh, the Station of the Cross. That's the way Mary's listening. Hi, Mary. Welcome to the spirit world. Hi, good morning, Debbie and Adam. Thank you so much um, for the show. I'm calling because I have been carrying around on my heart an incredible amount of guilt um, because when my mother passed away, um, she was a devout, fervent uh, Catholic who raised us all, all seven children in the faith, so beautifully. And when she died, she she always wore her scapular. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm so upset because, and I carry she had a medical issue with her oxygen tubes, and I couldn't, I had to make sure she was getting proper oxygen, and I was very concerned. I took her, had it, I took her scapular off, mm-hmm. and she died without it on, and that was not her fault, but it was mine. But my mother had incredible, incredible devotion to our, to our blessed mother, and so I try to, you know, think about that and, and think about that, you know, I was doing, trying to do the right thing for her, but it's an incredible, um, heavy darkness that I feel that I took her scapular off of her when she passed. Sure. And I just sure. wanted to know what your thoughts were. Oh, absolutely. Mary, I can totally relate. Uh, same exact thing happened with my mother. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. Now, what I would encourage you to do uh, as soon as you can is talk to your priest and make sure that you can be um, at, at peace and comfort with that. But I, was, I just want to share with you what my uh, wonderful uh, priest friend said to me. Okay. Don't worry about it, Debbie. You knew that your mom had a devotion to the scapular. You knew that your mom had a, a devotion to to all of the promises and lived that out. That had you taking it off for medical reasons or for any other reasons uh, because she was dying had nothing to do with it. It was it, it was in her heart. It was her intention. Be at peace. That's what was told to me, Mary. So I'm passing that on to you. Debbie, thank you. Thank you. That brings me a lot of peace. I will find and talk to my parish priest. Thank you. Yeah. God bless you. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And just get just get confirmation. I'll let him know what we said here on the show and, and have him confirm it and then be at peace. You, you It was your mother's, it, your mother had the devotion. Okay. Mm-hmm. I understand that the article, the, the, the wool and the scapular and the, and the way it's positioned on the person's being has, has some meaning, but that's not the intent. The intent, you have to right. go with the intention and your mother had the intention of being very uh, devout in that area. Wouldn't you say, Adam? Yeah. yeah. And in addition to that, Mary, you know, think of the mass. Uh, the church says when we're ill and we're too ill to make it to mass, that requirement is relaxed, right? The church is reasonable. The, uh, God is not a legalist right. that's like a fundamentalist that's holding us to everything in spite of the, the natural limitations. So, you know, the church understands that there's medical limitations to our lives and things are relaxed in those circumstances. So my guess would be is that that falls under that. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate your words. They have helped me this morning. And 
God bless you both. Thank you. God bless you. Thanks, Mary. Thank you so much. And I know that Mary's um, situation, we probably can, a lot of us can relate to it because we were caregivers, you know, with our parents and, and, um, you know, folks that we, we encounter. And so, you know, that that can happen. So we just want to make sure we get the information out there so people can be at peace and live their best life. You know, God wants you to be at peace. He wa- he doesn't want you to, to have the, you know, guilt and regrets and all sorts of things that that doesn't help you in your spiritual life. Okay, let's hear um, what David has to say, uh, Adam, in Cleveland, Ohio, listening on our friends at The Rock. Hello, David. Hello, David. Are you with us? Oh, I don't hear David. Okay, we're going to ask Carol to pick up the phone and speak to David. I don't hear David. We'd like to get him on air with us. So we'll move to Mary Alice. If we can go to Mary Alice, who's also, wow, also listening on The Rock in Cleveland, Ohio. Hi, Mary Alice. Hi, Debbie and Adam. Uh, Nice to, this is the first time calling into the spirit world, but you know I've talked have called in to take two before yes but i uh, i had a first wanted to start with a comment i wanted to uh let really thank you and adam for doing some teaching on the brown scapular and our lady of mount carmel because it's devotion that's kind of gone to the wayside and i just think that it's really beautiful and it's another great protection you know i agree that it's the devotion the intent that you're wearing it and uh you know honoring the blessed mother because she has given promises around that and you know it's not something that's taught as much anymore and it's something that you know children don't necessarily you know are you know, you have to be invested into the scapular, I think, that devotion. And even with our children, only uh, two of them really had that invest investiture. The rest did not. But I will tell you just a little story. The son, two of the sons that um, know about the scapular and the devotion. They're both physicians and they wear, they're anesthesiologists and they do wear them in the OR and they pray for their patients. So I just really encourage, you know, everybody to, um, you know, pray about it, uh, have, you know, grow in that devotion and try and, and pass it on to your families. It, uh, it's really beautiful, and it's all Blessed Mother, <laughs> all the way in her great intercession and her great love and mercy and graces that she has to dispense. So there you have it. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for that comment, Mary. And, and you know, this is a piece of the story, um, and it's nice to unpack additional little pieces. One of the understandings of the brown scapular um, is that it represents, because you'll see the image on the scapular of Mary handing the cloth uh, symbolically to Simon Stock, St. Simon Stock, who first received it, but then also us, that what is she is really handing us is not just a piece of brown cloth, but it represents her holiness and her devotion, her humility, her obedience. She's, she's passing on some of her virtues to strengthen us. And so, yes, there's promises attached to it, but 
but probably the deeper, more important part is she's sharing some of her graces and her holiness with us through the scapular, and that will strengthen us in our journey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and Mary Alice, I just want to say thank you so much for calling in and just uh, affirming what we're trying to do today with this episode, because the um, the feast day is tomorrow of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. And I agree with you. Some some of these wonderful devotions these uh, have gone by the wayside. Why? Because we're just living in a world where everybody's going, you know, get the next uh, the next edition of the iPhone, you know, keep moving as fast as you can. And people are forgetting that that these wonderful, rich experiences that we can enter into um, really do help us. They, they catapult us, you know, into this uh, spiritual maturity, which is pretty amazing. Um, so Mary Alice, I, I couldn't agree more, but here's the good news. I don't know if you saw the latest studies, but y- the young folks coming up, they're getting back into tradition. They like, they like that. They like to adhere to certain things that have, um, you know, requirements and that may, and may, and challenge them, get them out of their comfort zone. So that's the good news, Mary Alice. What do you say? I think that that's great. Just one little comment to end with. The, my um, eldest son, who, like I said, does wear the scapular when he's working at the hospital. His very first assignment, or he did an internship at Our Lady of Mount Carmel Hospital in Columbus, Ohio. So our Blessed Mother, she watches out for everybody. It's true. It's true. She's our spiritual mom. She loves us so very, very much. Mary Alice, God bless you. Thank you so much for calling into the spirit world. We love you. And we're going to stay in Cleveland, Adam, and we're going to go back to David um, in Cleveland, Ohio, on the rock. Hi, David. Glad we got you back. Welcome. Yes. Yes. Can you hear me now? Yes. Mm -hmm. Perfectly, sir. Okay. Um, Okay. Well, first of all, I've been wearing my... uh, uh, brown cloth uh, scapular for a few years. I don't remember how many, but what it's done for me is it's, it's yes, helped me go to Sunday and Holy Day of Obligation Masses, um, examine my conscience, but also examine my conscience before reconciliation and to, to, to go to uh, reconciliation um, to uh, to uh, Receive anointing of the sick when, when I, when I need it, and uh, to uh, also just just to pray to remember to pray those those Marian prayers, and to uh, uh, to also to like see, seek additional healing, uh, such as uh, like uh, uh, what they call uh, prayer teams, but also to all, but also to uh, go go and uh, uh, sit with Jesus and. Uh, uh, blessed sacrament, but I'm also uh, I'm also doing that. Uh, I don't know if we should be doing it, but that that uh, that gesture bow uh, before you have a seat in front of the blessed sacrament. So uh, um, so yes, and in addition to, I also have the um, miraculous medal attached to the to the brown scapular. So I've been uh, devoted to the um, uh, Our Lady of Mount Carmel for. A few years now. Mm, I love that. Yeah, yeah. That's great, David. I, I would I would just encourage you if you haven't already, um, you know, and take it slow. Do it do it as you have time. But maybe start exploring some of the books we mentioned earlier that we'll have linked on the Facebook page. Beautiful that you're you're staying up with the sacraments and getting those graces and staying mm-hmm. out of mortal sin. That's wonderful, and that's the most important part. Um, 
But then if you want to go a little bit deeper, start exploring those books, because um, that, that can be a real beautiful shaping to the great spirituality you're already building. Okay, David? Yes. Sound okay. good? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Okay. All righty. Thank you. God bless you. Before we go to Rose and the others, let me just share this because I don't want to run out of time because I promised everyone we would um, make sure we highlight uh, these events coming up. Uh, so if you are in uh, the San Antonio area, please, um, we're asking you to go to fullnessoftruth.org and register for the Miracles Do Happen conference. Um, it's coming up in August, August 18th in San Antonio, fullnessoftruth.org. Uh, miracles do happen. Uh, guess who's uh, one of the speakers, Adam Bly, and I am as well, along with uh, Father Carlos Martins. I mean, it goes on and on. So many great speakers. Uh, fabulous. You'll see the whole lineup on fullnessoftruth.org. I think you'll really uh, get a lot out of that weekend. So that's the first event. Um, but actually, that's in August. The, the immediate event coming up this Wednesday is our webinar on Stand Tall to Today.com. The registration is open there. StandTallToday.com. Uh, if you want to learn about these, these the, on the surface they look like harmless games. They're not, folks. Uh, they're leading people into the occult. And Adam and I are going to be talking about it on this um, hour and fifteen minute uh, webinar. We're going to get into the details. I think it's very important that parents and grandparents attend this webinar so that you can uh, share with your kids and grandkids what the, what these games uh, could possibly lead them into. It's very very uh, dangerous. So that's this Wednesday um, at. StandTallToday.com. Uh, also, too, I just wanted to say um, a very wonderful family that I know and that I love um, suddenly lost their son um, um, a couple days ago. He died. And um, I'm, I'm asking for prayers for this family. I want to res re uh, re uh, respect their privacy during this difficult time, but God knows who this family is. Uh, they are strong uh, Catholic radio listeners and supporters. They love EWTN. And uh, they're a beautiful family, and their son was precious. And so we, if, if, if folks, if you could please pray for this family. God knows who they are. They're in need of, of prayers right now and comfort during this very difficult time. Okay, I think I covered everything, Adam. We went through um, all the um, housekeeping portion of the spirit world. We, we, we're trying to do that, folks, because we are reaching um, people all over the world, and everybody's trying to find out how they can stay in touch with us and get the resources and all sorts of things. So, um, Rose. Rose uh, had called in, and um, are we getting Rose back? We are getting yes. Rose back, I think. We're getting Rose back. She's a third-order Carmelite. We asked for a third-order Carmelite, and Rose uh, stepped up. So we're going to uh, just get her on here. She's on. Uh, we're going to get her on air right now. Hello, Rose. And I'm going to get Hello. your city in a moment because uh, I think you dropped off and came back. Thank yeah. you for calling right back. Oh, you're welcome. And actually, I spoke to you once before on take two in regards to children and computers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, okay. hello, Debbie. Thank um, you. So, Thank you, Rose. Oh, you're very welcome. So, I'm a little nervous. So, I'm in my first year of being a third lay Carmelite. So, I thank you so much for doing this. Um, so, I, my, my mother, my grand, and my grandmother, and my aunt, they were all in the Legion of Mary. And 
I went to my first retreat with the Legion of Mary. But unfortunately, I worked during the day, so I couldn't commit myself. And I prayed and prayed and prayed. And I um, started attending adoration and, you know, in the evenings. And um, I came across a wonderful woman, Margaret, that we became very good friends. And she told me about the Carmelites. Um, I didn't think anything of it, but I did pray to God, and I said, I want to give back. You know, you've blessed me so many times. You've, you've forgiven my sins. So um, a, maybe a week or two weeks later, um, the Carmelite director approached me, didn't even know my name, and she just said, you know, would you like to be a Carmelite? And I was like a five-year-old. I'm like, yes, yes. I was so excited. Um, so, you know, fast forward. So in September, I'm going to be received. Um, I got to meet a priest who, Father Justin, um, who's a Carmelite, um, first order. So he is, so I pray that, you know, God willing that if Father Justin can receive us, you know, to be received by a Carmelite priest will be such a blessing. And we just spoke via text and he is going to, um, I don't know the proper word of saying, of receiving, of having us received in the Carmelite. Wonderful, wonderful, Rose. Um, I want to mention for the people that don't know that are that are listening to our conversation, a third order Carmelite, that, that phrase third order, that exists in just about all the religious orders within the church. And the third order is the kind of um, part of the order where lay people can become associated with the order. They take limited promises and vows, but they don't actually enter the order and become a monk, a nun, a priest. Uh, but they they commit to living an additional kind of amount of, of the spiritual life while they're living in the order. So it's intended for people that are married or just living the single life, uh, living in the world. So those of you that want to explore that, it's a beautiful thing. You want to explore the religious order that has a charism or a way of approaching the spirituality that fits for you. So some people love the Carmelite order and the idea of quiet, solitary prayer. Other people love the idea of service in the world, which would be more the Franciscans. So um, I just wanted to throw that in, Rose, as an encouragement to vocations to, to third orders. Yes, and it's for both men and women. It's not just specifically, you know, men or women. And it's a beautiful thing. We meet once a month. Um, but, you know, in our daily, like, you know, Monday through Sunday through Saturday, I should say, we do do our readings. We have um, morning readings and then we have the evening and night prayers. But Wonderful. with my scapular, oh, I hear the music. With the scapular, there is a Our Lady of Mount Carmel offering that I do every morning and we were always told to do the the morning um, offering you know and I do wear my scapula it's a reminder that my blessed mother is with me beautiful Rose thank you so much calling in from Long Island you you did great thank you so very very much have a beautiful weekend Margaret in Troy Thank you. Margaret and Troy, Michigan, we're not going to get to you, but you have a great question about what if you're allergic to some of the material of the scapular. Um, why don't you email us at tsw at grnonline.com. Okay, folks, until next Saturday, have a beautiful and blessed week. We'll see you real soon.